If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Hosea, it's, it's in the Old Testament there between Daniel and before you start the New Testament. It's not something that you get too much out of there, preaching here too much, but it's a great little chapter verse there. And so if you'll turn with me, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, just a scripture we're going to break down and look at it. If you'll read it with me, so to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your follow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. If you just close your eyes, ask the Lord to help us tonight, help us with reverse church, help us. Oh God. Take what we learned tonight and put it and apply it to our hearts and our minds. Help us, oh God, to bring glory and honor to you and all that we do. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy to us. You are wonderful and greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. So our Bibles are filled with truths of reaping and sowing. And even Paul reminds us that we reap what we sow, not just in the physical, but also in the spiritual. Galatians chapter eight, chapter six, verses eight through nine says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in our well-doing for in due season, If for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Like Paul, the prophet Hosea, he also recognized a more profound truth that's found there in that scripture of reaping and sowing. Hosea was talking to Israel, to whom the people there, they, these are some solemn words, but the the children of Israel, they were a nation that had rebelled against God. They had turned from the Lord and they were in a severe crisis. They had forsaken God. They had forsaken all that they knew and forgotten. It was God that had made them great. Sounds familiar kind of, doesn't it? Israel had followed other gods and had committed spiritual adultery. They had strayed away from the God of their fathers and be came strange to those who chose to be his own. Hosea called the wayward nation of Israel to repent of their sins, to return to their first love and to seek the Lord with all their heart. So many men of God had prophesied this to that nation and Hosea is trying to send them a warning. So let's take a look at this first and we're going to break it down. And we're going to see what applications we can apply to our hearts and lives today. So the first part of that part of that scripture, it says, so to yourselves in righteousness. What does that mean? So to yourselves in righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Here Hosea is encouraging 
us, the readers, that we are to sow to ourselves righteousness. We are to sow to ourselves with what exactly? What is that righteousness? What I believe is one way is we have to watch what type of seed we're sowing into our minds. Our brains are like computers. It only processes what you put into it. We will reap confusion and violence if we just sow into our minds X-rated movies, songs with explicit languages, things that are not of God, things that are cause confusion in our hearts and our minds. But if we sow into our mind the word of God, if we sow into our mind the things of God, then we're going to reap godliness, we'll reap peace, we'll reap comfort, we'll reap joy, and we're going to look and see how a difference it makes when you watch what you sow into your mind. Watch what you're thinking, watch what you're reading, watch what you're putting into your mind. You see, his word is the seed. We sow by living God's way. We sow when we pray and we fast. We sow when we give and how we live. We sow by believing and obeying the word of God. When we sow the right things, we reap the right things. Amen? So if we sow in righteousness in the next harvest, we're going to reap in mercy. That's the second part of that verse. So what we sow in righteousness, we'll reap in mercy. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, As we have therefore an opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Paul is saying here, every chance you get, do good, especially to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Above all, it should be to our brothers and sisters. Rather than being vengeful or critical or harsh, we can in turn be loving and kind and forgiving. There's a verse that comes to my mind where he says, what you meet out, what you measure out will be met unto you. What you give in mercy to someone else will be met unto you. I need a lot of mercy. Amen. So I want to be merciful. What I give out in forgiveness will be met in measure unto me. I need a lot of forgiveness. So I want to forgive peace. What I meet out in peace and enjoy to others. That's what's going to be met unto me. Luke chapter eight, verse 15. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So Hosea is telling us that if we sow in righteousness, we're going to reap mercy. And when we live by faith, he blesses our lives with mercy and grace. That word mercy is a great word. It's translated as his loving kindness, his unfailing kindness, steadfast and loyal, love, grace, faithfulness, and goodness. That's a lot of things in that word. That one word means all of that. His word of God is his covenant. This word is his covenant with Israel. God is telling them, 
whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassion fails us not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. So if we sow the right thing, we have to make sure something. We have to make sure that the ground is right. That the soil is ready for the seed. And we do that by the third thing that we see in this verse. He tells us to break up the fallow ground. So for us to make sure that not only are we planting the right seed, that we're doing it with the right soil. And Hosea is warning these children of Israel. He's telling even us today to break up the fallow ground. Break up the hardness, that hard ground, the cares of life that has trampled upon your heart. The hardened ground that has hung on to every harsh word or every cold shoulder that has been given you. The hardened ground of your heart from hurts and hangups, disappointments, disasters in your life. It's the scripture there. Hosea is telling them because they're farmers and he's telling them that your heart has become hard from the cattle and the animals stomping on the ground and the ground has become hardened and he's telling them to break it up, break up your hearts, break up the hardened hearts. The people of God, Hosea was instructing them to rend their hearts with sincerity and truth, not simply tear their garments or their clothes in a show of mock remorse. He was telling them to dig down deep, get down to the heart of the matter. If the coming judgment of God was to be averted, the people of God had to rend their hearts, not just their garments. Break up your fallow ground, Hosea cries. Break up your fallow ground for too long. Israel had gone its own way and done its own thing. They did what they thought was right. They did what they wanted to do. But Hosea is calling them, calling them. So how do we break up the fallow ground in our own hearts? First we have to do first thing we have to do is we have to recognize. We have to recognize that our hearts can become hardened. And it doesn't have to be your whole heart. Sometimes we kind of leave a little piece over here, kind of hang on to it. We're like, Lord, you can have ninety five percent of it, but five percent over here I'm gonna hang on to. He wants all of your heart. He wants all of it. The second thing is we need to repent. A genuine desire to change. Repentance requires honesty and brokenness before God. Hosea is telling them that their hearts were as a ground that was overrun with weeds, which needed to be plowed and broken up so that good seed may be sowed in them. Breaking up that fallow ground and softening our hearts prepares our heart and our own spirit so that it may bring forth the fruit in a holy life from a holy heart to obtain mercy from a holy God. Who wants, who wants mercy from a holy God? Amen. I do. 
So we must prepare our hearts for God's word to be fruitful in us. If we want to display the fruits of the spirit, we have to have a heart that's broken that he can use. Amen. The hardness resists the word and it will not produce the fruit of righteousness. And so now the time has come for them to seek the Lord with their whole heart. That's the fourth part of this verse. He says, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes. Here we see Hosea is encouraging us to seek after God. He says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Procrastination is a common fault in our humanity. Many of us deal with procrastination, except my husband. He does not. No, no. He's a man of to-do lists. And why not do it now? If you have the time to do it now, do it now. I'm like, oh, babe, we can do it tomorrow. We can do it tomorrow. Put off till tomorrow. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 7, says, Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. So we must seek after God. We must seek after him with patience and with faith until he does. And certainly he will come. Who believes that today? Jesus is going to come. He's going to return Soon, I feel it more in my heart and spirit than I've ever felt it before. And if we draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto us. This passage is an implicit promise that God will come to them who seek him. He will bless and favor and love those that seek after him. We are to seek him urgently for it is the time. We are to seek him continually until he comes. We're to seek him expectantly. It's going to rain righteousness. And we're to seek him personally when it comes upon you. If you'll stand with me. If you'll make your way down to this altar. This is reverse church. We're going to. Come down. I want to tell you about the fifth thing of this verse is to rain righteousness upon you. God is going to rain on us. He's going to shower us abundantly and pour out the fruits of his goodness and his mercy upon us as he has promised. Only God can bring the rain Only God can pour out his mercies and his righteousness. And who is he going to pour them out on? Upon you. Hosea says, you who repent and obey. And we're to sow with a view of his righteousness and reap bountifully in his mercy and goodness. And we are to live in a way that brings honor and glory to God.
So I want to take this next few moments for us, if you would lift your hands, and let's do that one and two step where we're going to recognize that we need to ask God to forgive us. We're going to repent, ask him to break up the fallowness of our hearts and the fallowness of ground. Ask him, oh God, to come in. Lord, if there is anything in my heart that would keep you from raining down your mercies and your goodness upon us. If there's anything in my heart and mind, oh God, that would keep you, oh Lord. God, forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me, oh Lord. Every crack and crevice of my heart, oh Lord. I give it completely to you, oh Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised. Take a few moments right now and just give it all to him. Every hurt, every disappointment, every hang up, every cold shoulder, every wrongful word, it's not worth hanging on to. It's not worth it. Let him have control. Let him have complete, total control of your heart and mind. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, O God. We praise you, O Lord. I give it all to you, O God. I give you my heart and my mind. I give you all things, O Lord. Take control, O God. We give you praise, O Lord. We give you praise, O God. Forgive us, O Lord. Wash us, O God. Wash us, O Lord. God, break it up, O Lord. God, I want my heart, O Lord, to be fertile ground to receive your word. I want my heart, O God, to be fertile ground, O God, to receive your mercies, your goodness, O Lord, your kindness, O God. God, I want to be, O Lord, willing, O God, a willing vessel that you can use to bring glory and honor to you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. Yes. Oh, God, I give you praise, oh, Lord. God, I give you praise, oh, Lord. I seek you, Lord. I seek after you. I desire you, oh, God, the things of you, your word, oh, God. Lord Jesus, lead us and guide us. God, we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory, oh God. God, you are great. You are awesome. You are mighty. Take a few moments and exalt him. Let him know how good he is. When you have a heart of gratitude that begins to break up that fallow ground, when you start thanking him for all of his blessings, when you start thanking him for him for all the goodness he's done, everything he's ever done in your life, you start listing those things, the goodness of God, your family, your friends, your church. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for keeping your hand of protection upon us upon our minds, upon our hearts, upon our children. When you start thanking him and thanking him for his goodness that breaks up that hardness in your hearts. Yes, I give you praise. I give you glory. I need you, Jesus. I need you, oh God. I need you in my home. I need you in my job. I need you in my day. Oh, you are the breath that I breathe. Every good gift comes from you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus.